This is Running the Ropes Podcast, a wrestling podcast. It features conversations with fans and people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Roel Santos. I am a podcaster. I am a proud husband and father, but I am also a fan of professional wrestling. Every week I will feature stories and conversations with people involved in the world of wrestling. And this week I have a great guest. He is Marty DeRosa. He has done things with Cold Cabana and with live podcasts on, on Cold Cabana's uh, Art of Wrestling. He's also done You've Got Mail with him uh, and a YouTube series. And he's also done Worst Promo Ever. And he's got his own amazing podcast, part of <laughs> MLW Radio. Sorry, I drew blank there. I don't know what was going on. Uh, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. It's an amazing podcast. I got to meet Mar- got to meet meet up with Marty about a year ago. We're actually through Skype, and he was on my other podcast, and we talked about wrestling there. And the minute I started this wrestling podcast, he was the first guest I wanted to have on the show. So I have him on the show. I was really excited to talk to him and hear about his love for wrestling and how he got into it, because everybody has their own story of how they got involved with wrestling. So without further further ado, here is the conversation with Marty and I. And while you're at it, if you have time, go check out his podcast, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, on the MLW Radio. You can find it on iTunes and any other podcasting app you use. It's one of the most hilarious podcasts out there. Anyway, here we go, guys. Enjoy. Wrestling growing up for you, was it was it AWA that you watched? No, no. It was a little of everything, but I was, I was mostly uh, an NWA kid. I mostly loved the NWA, but I watched everything. And where I grew up, we got everything. Yeah, we got uh, WWF, NWA, World Class, which I really loved a lot too. I loved World Class, and I loved NWA. Yeah, and then WWF. I thought AWA was so boring, but I'd still watch it because it was wrestling. You know, we get we had like Windy City Wrestling, which was like uh, an indie here in in the Chicagoland area. But I mean, I would watch anything I get my hands on. But I loved uh nwa that was just like my my favorite yeah um same i think the, the same thing for me I, in texas it was it was world class a little bit here and there but it was it was more like nwa like you i guess because i i remember in like the late 80s watching sting and lex luger and all that so i didn't know if it was different because you know back then i mean because we're kind of like the same age so uh back then there were still territories and there were still all these different you know well, wwf wasn't big yet but it was already climbing mm-hmm. so I, was, I didn't know if it was different for you being because you're from indiana right yeah northwest indiana which is right outside of chicago yeah so you're technically you're from chicago so pretty much pretty much <laughs> it feels like that but i mean they just felt different because i mean i had all the i had all the uh i had all the wwf figures and stuff and yeah. it felt like you know i just i think i thought like the nwa was more real or more gritty yeah, and it just felt like a little different. Then I started getting wrestling magazines, and I would see, you know, all these other companies and stuff. And I remember just, you know, liking the pictures of some of these guys who I'd never seen wrestle. And I'm like, well, I think that's my favorite wrestler. And I would, you know, whether I was wrestling with my uh, GI Joes or my wrestling figures, I would have, you know, right. guys be, you know, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard rather than the the British Bulldogs. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So you're more of a Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson guy. I mean, I just liked. I loved. I loved like the 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 horsemen and all the baby faces that were sort of chasing them. Like to me, that felt just like 
that to me was more interesting than Hogan beating a, a giant guy that I knew he was going to beat. Right, right. That makes sense. I was uh, I, I was I like the British Bulldogs, but I think I was more of a Heart Foundation guy. I don't remember so much too much of the British Bulldogs. I mean, well, I remember the yeah. British Bulldog, but not with Dynamite Kid. I think that was a little bit before. Like, I, I guess I wasn't old enough yet to. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, I think I really started paying attention to the WWF when like demolition was on the rise oh, and, yeah. uh, and I just knew they were a, like a pale comparison to the road warriors. I remember being like friends at school, yeah. they'd be like demolition. I'm like demolition. <laughs> like they're not even the powers of pain, you know, and then here the powers of pain came to the WWF or whatever back right. then. But I, I always just was like, Oh, this is, if you guys think they're great. And it was the same thing with like sting and warrior. It was like, yeah. If you think Sting and Warrior, or if you think the Ultimate Warrior is great, I'm like, oh, you got to see Sting. He's better. Right. And the Road Warriors were better than Demolition. You know, I, I always just thought, like, with my friends, like, the compare. I was like, there's just no comparison. But I mean, right. WF was obviously better looking. And I remember my friends would always complain that, like, WCW or whatever, like, didn't look as good and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But <laughs> to me, I just always thought that it was just a better, a better product. And. Lo and behold, I was right. It was a better product. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was the same way because there, there was times where like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a like a demolition guy, and then I was like, oh wait, the Road Warriors. But then they went to WWF. But I I kind of well looking back now, right? Because I have the WWE network, and I I mm-hmm. look at like the clashes and stuff. I'm like, oh man, I remember this Clash of Champions was so awesome. And then I, I like I do research on this Clash of Champions or whatever the Black Scorpion one. I'm like, wow, how did Ugh. I how did I really like this again? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there was a lot of like, I look back at a lot of that stuff, and I I just think it was like just a mo like I just remember those times of being like, especially in the summer, like just mm-hmm. some of those Clash of Champs that were in the summer. I just remember like right. playing at the park all day and then coming home and watching that and just being like. I don't think it gets any better than this. Like it just felt like the best time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, and even then, when you go back and think about demolition, they were—I mean, they wore like freaking S and M stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> did, did my volume uh, spike up a little bit? Yeah, it went, it went like we were in a—I uh, uh, don't know if you've ever taken nitrous oxide, but the, uh, <laughs> the, the the sound effects were very similar. Oh my bad. Okay, okay. I think I Ooh. I had adjusted the volume a little bit. My bad. Okay, is that Got very trippy there for yeah, a second? Yeah. Is it okay right there? Yeah, it's great. Okay, okay. Yeah, I the demolition. I was just like, yeah, they're they're wearing kind of like S and M stuff. That's kind of weird, but oh, it's so weird. I, I I live by a sex shop in Chicago, and whenever I go by it and I see stuff, I'm like, God, no one was like, hey man, uh, this is a little weird. I'm buying action figures for my kids of clearly guys in S and M gear. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny, man. That's too funny. So yeah. the, your first your first wrestling show, do you remember what it was? Was it an indie show or was it like the a... first one I went to yeah. was the WWF at the Hammond Civic Center, oh. and it was like it was like one of the B shows because I think uh, I think it was like the main event was probably I God I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I remember kind of being like, well, where's Hogan? You know, and I was kind of like, I wasn't sure about like, well, where's all these guys? Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure uh, that uh, there was a tag team title match. And I think the Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation are either, they did like a three-way or like a six-man or something like that. But I remember right. 
I remember more so who wasn't there than who was there. And I remember Hogan wasn't there, right. Piper wasn't there, and I was kind of like, huh, that's weird. Yeah, you're like, uh, little. you found out later Hogan didn't do house shows. <laughs> he didn't do the little ones. Yeah, this was a smaller <laughs> arena, so he wasn't doing this, this small arena. <laughs> he was doing the Rosemont, which is now the Allstate. He wasn't doing oh. the Hammond Civic Center. Oh, R- Rosemont Pavilion is Allstate Arena now? Rosemont Horizon is now the Allstate Arena, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Go figure. So hopefully Chicago gets to WrestleMania. I know you went to WrestleMania this past year. I saw. Oh yeah, I go every every chance I get. Um, yeah, the last it's a smaller arena, and I I I, I doubt we'll ever get a uh, mania in that building. Place. But uh, I don't know, maybe a rumble. We take a rumble. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So um, I guess during I get you know during the nineties, obviously early nineties, it watered down. I mean, I mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out which promotion to watch because it was either like, hey, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, or am I going to watch the uh, WCW inside the uh, what was it, the Universal Studios with the circling ring, and it was just moving. And I was just like, okay, this is kind of cheesy. Um, and then I guess I I catered more to WWF because I was a Bret Hart guy and Shawn. Okay. What What about you? Was it the same way? Did you start to teeter more toward WWF at the, at that point? I honestly think it was just anything, anything wrestling anything at that wrestling. point. It was it was honestly anything wrestling, and this was the time when uh, I, I if anybody had uh, like a cheater box, I had some friends who had like a scramble like a descrambler so we could get all the pay per views. Yeah. So I was like making my poor friends watch every pay per view, and <laughs> they were just like you know sitting through yeah. bad Halloween havocs and bad yeah. in your houses. Um, but I was at that point, I was starting to kind of notice the difference of who were like, you know, quote unquote, good wrestlers and bad wrestlers. Yeah. Like I was noticing like, oh, this match is always the matches with, you know, like Brett and Sean seem to be much better and noticing yeah. like, well, when Brett wrestles somebody, even if they're not good, he can get a good match out of them. And right. then like the internet came out and then we started getting real, you know, yeah. real smarky into stuff. But like, it was kind of that time where I was starting to notice, like, know who people were when they came in. Yeah. And, know, like, I remember when we went to a Nitro mm-hmm. and Malenko and Guerrero wrestled after. This was when Nitro was, like, an hour. So when it went off the air, they were having a bunch of matches after that. Yeah. And I remember hearing or watching that and being like, oh, these guys are great. And, like, people were chanting boring and stuff. And I was just like, these guys are the best. You have no idea, you know. But, like, yeah. just kind of being a little, you know, reading my pro wrestling illustrated and stuff like that. Like I still wasn't a newsletter kid. Like I think I got pro wrestling illustrated did like a weekly newsletter for a minute. And I, I think I had that and that blew my mind that like I was reading results that hadn't happened on TV yet. And then I went to a house show uh, or not a house show. I went to like a superstars taping Mm -hmm. in Valparaiso, Indiana. This was when I was like in high school, I think. And they were, they were like doing raw spoilers that hadn't happened yet. Like the bulldog turns on diesel at some point. Mm. And this is like the episode hadn't happened yet. And they were like, well, we all know, you know, this past Monday on raw, you turned on Davey boy on Kevin Nat or diesel, whatever. And it was just kind of like, Oh, I see what's (laughs) happening here. (laughs) So I guess in Chicago was ECW already starting to become a thing at that time? Had you I knew no, I knew more of ECW through the magazines, okay. and my friend had tapes of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we started getting it when it was already, I guess, kind of on the on the decline a little bit. I think like, mm-hmm. well, 
like we got it after barely legal. Okay. So it was when I watched. Marty, are you there? Yeah. Okay, it cut out. I didn't. I don't know what happened. No worries. What? What? Uh... Yeah, you were just saying. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, a what? bunch of times. Oh, did I really? Yeah. Or on my end, it came across like that. That's weird. It must have been a lag. My bad. That... No problem. <laughs> I got real quiet, and I, you got quiet. I was like, "Did I lose him, or what's going on?" No, I just waited for all the okays to that, stop. That was weird. Okay, my bad. No worries. Okay, you were talking about barely legal. And... Yeah, I remember exactly what I yeah. can start from. There. Okay. But I remember when we watched Barely Legal, that was a lot of the first times I'd seen a lot of those guys. Like, I knew their names from wrestling magazines or I'd seen them in other companies. But, like, I think that was the first time I saw, like, a lot. Like, I think it was definitely the first time I saw Lance Storm. It was definitely, uh, like, the first time I'd seen a lot of those guys uh, wrestling. Nice. Very cool. I I never so I remember hearing about ECW when I was in high school. It was kind of like a like a thing with all the the music was changing from grunge to this Marilyn Manson stuff, and it was kind of like wow, this is interesting. It's getting a real um, raw, and wrestling was changing as well. But I never got to see ECW live on TV. I remember seeing some commercials for it. I never went to a Nitro which was kind of a bummer because I always kind of wanted to go just to say I saw NWO, but I never even saw DX either. So back in, well, the Attitude Era DX, not the uh, not the DX we get now, which is kind of, I don't know. <laughs> well, we, we don't dad, get it anymore. The, the, the dad version of DX. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did, but I did see Kerry Von Eric once, and that that was kind of cool. Ooh, enough, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And, you know, funny, I met, I have a, I have a friend who actually – I think well, Cabana knows him pretty well because he's the guy who uh, co-founded Podcast Movement, uh, Dan Franks. Oh yeah, yeah. So so Dan actually is from Denton, so he trained out there, and he got to. See, I think he saw a couple of on Eric shows, and I remember my dad saying because my dad did an episode for this podcast, but he actually had a cool Bruiser Brody story. My dad actually saw Bruiser Brody back in the day, and in, in Alice, Texas, was where I'm from, so we got actually got to see him he did took my grandfather out there my grandfather was like a big guy into lucha and all that stuff mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool kind of cool man yeah I just i just watched uh, the bruiser brody documentary on the high spots network oh how was it uh, it's uh, it's like cool and sad at the same time yeah yeah it's real sad yeah i i was just listening to i was listening to the the to the Buddy Landell on Art of Wrestling again, mm-hmm. and that one, yeah. that one's so good. But uh, he has yeah. a really cool Bruiser Brody story on there. Yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, it's I guess uh, you know, f- you know, it's cool to just chat about wrestling. And now you do a wrestling podcast, and you've been kind of involved in this world of wrestling in so many ways. And and then when I hear you, you just ha- man, you sound like you're just having a blast, like with the, all the different voices that you do with uh, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. You know, from Cesaro to the the Ryback one. Yeah, yeah. Some are are more spot on than others, and others have become like a caricature. Like we joke around, like it's like if you listen, if you watch like the first couple seasons of The Simpsons, like Homer's sounds much different than later, and that's kind of like you know our our impersonation of Ryback has gotten to become a a caricature of its own. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of fun to to just have our own little world, and it's. Yeah, it's not just your average, like, okay, then this guy came out on Raw, and then this guy came out, and then they set up a match. It's kind of, 
we get to have a lot more fun. We have a lot more freedom. Yeah, definitely. And how did you come up with the idea for doing? Because I was listening to one episode, and and you know Sarah introduced Ryback, and you went like with yeah. the with the loud, you know, the big guy yeah. voice. And yeah, then yeah, you, yeah. And then you dumbed it down. I'm like, what is this? The same guy? Is what's going? Yeah, on? I don't know. I don't even know. Like, it would be interesting <laughs> to go back and kind of see how a lot of this stuff sort of took shape or whatever. Some people are, are new and they'll go, Hey, I've been listening to all of them again. And, and, uh, this was around the episode where you started doing this, this or this or whatever. So it's kind of cool to have people who like are new to the podcast who go back and start from the beginning right? and they kind of see it a little more in, in, uh, in a, in a speeded up sort of time frame versus like in real time. Yeah. Do, so do you, I guess because this is all on the fly, right? You're not planning this. You're not. You're just saying, "Hey, we're gonna do this, this," and and you're just. Yeah, I just have bullet points of those topics. You know, it'll say like, you know, if there was a pay per view, it'll kind of say this, or if somebody's coming back, or somebody got, you know, someone's leaving or whatever. That'll just kind of be the jumping off point, and then after that, it's kind of just we will jump in and out of characters where it seems. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And we we're kind of on the same wavelength where we kind of know when one person's doing one to kind of lay out and let, let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I think my, my favorite still is the Cesaro one. You haven't, I haven't heard you do him in a while, but. That oh yeah. My I, favorite one. I did a, 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 like a live read for one of our sponsors of Cesaro the other couple weeks ago. So it's kind of fun to, <laughs> to bring someone back after a little while too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one was, that one was my, one of my personal favorites. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, man. And so, I, I so I'm in Texas. Obviously, you guys, you're up in the you know middle, the mid, the Midwest. And yes, you, and you do the five dollar wrestling stuff. We all used to do. You're still doing them, right? No, no, no. We no. haven't done five dollar wrestling in quite a while. Okay, but you do these like um, these live shows where you would do like a like a riff tracks basically of of wrestling shows, right? Yeah, uh, Cabana and I still do that show. It's called uh, uh, more, uh, unprofessional wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, there you go, and. Tell me what it's like, I guess, with the crowd interaction and things like that. Do you you guys just kind of like go – y'all feed off the crowd more or you're just kind of feeding off each other? Because on this last episode, y'all did like a the fringe preview and you were kind of doing the same thing, which, by the way, was hilarious too because of the southern – Florida voices. Oh, thanks. Spot on. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of fun when when you're at a you know we'll usually do these in like a bar or a comedy club, and when you have a bunch of wrestling fans, and a lot of the clips Cabana finds are really obscure, and a lot of people haven't seen them, and it's very cool too when the ones that people have seen a lot. Every time we do it, everyone will kind of point out like a weird, <laughs> almost like a weird Easter egg, and they're like, whether it was someone's watching, you know, what they're wearing in it or what someone says or like, you know, little quiet, like little things of like, wait, you got to be real quiet, but you'll hear them say this thing. And it's like, oh, man, we had no idea <laughs> that was even part of this thing or whatever. And there's some clips like we've shown forever. Mm-hmm. And then someone will be like or like a backstory or things like that. So it always kind of uh, adds to it when you have a room full of, you know, a bunch of wrestling nerds. It's yeah. just like you can't you can't go wrong. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wish I wish you guys would come to Texas, man. We I think I wish we could just travel everywhere yeah, and do dude, that show. It's so fun. Y'all y'all could probably really um own up own that and just kind of make a make a big de- uh, make a tour out of it. What a world that would be. Yeah, that's great. It's so fun to do. Yeah, so, and you guys are doing Idaho, right, or something? Boise, Idaho? Yeah, we'll be uh, there in uh, in September. Man, exciting times. So, uh, I guess with the uh, Going back, going back to the wrestling stuff. Did, when did you start really? I mean, so in the mid two thousands, I stopped watching wrestling for a little bit. 
I'm just speaking for myself here, but again, I got back into it mid 2000s. But by then, indie wrestling was really starting to take shape and take off. And, you know, I, I would hear about my a friend of mine would tell me, oh, Brian Kendrick's from Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. Oh, Daniel Bryan was from, or Brian Danielson was from Shawn Michaels also. And, you know, the, these guys, there's this guy called CM Punk, there's this guy called Cole Cabana, Samoa Joe. Was it like that for you as well? When you, were you still watching? I mean, obviously, I'm sure you were, but were you kind of like, well, WWE is starting to get watered down. Were you watching TNA or were you finding other? Yeah, never. I mean, I never stopped. And no. it was it, with the TNA pay-per-views, with the $5 pay-per-views. Yeah. We'd order uh, if it was like a good match. Like I remember if it was like, oh, Jeff Hardy's going to take on AJ Styles. We got to order that one. Or if there was like a good low-key match or something, yeah. we'd order that one. Um, but before that, uh, you know, any indie show that would come around, not any mm-hmm. indie show, but mm-hmm. most indie shows I would I would go check out. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, we had IWA Mid-South oh, nice. uh, in Highland, Indiana, which was right next door to where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So I was very familiar with all those names that you had mentioned because right. they would, man, they would spare no expense with all the talent they would have. And it was like that great combo of like the, you know, the hardcore wrestling right. and the, the more technical guys that you would hear about yeah. online and stuff. So... I kind of got to see, man, there were shows where I, I, they, to me, it might be one of those things where I kind of bunched everything together, but mm-hmm. like there were definitely like, they'd have the Ted Petty invitational mm-hmm. tournament and God, those would have just some of the best wrestlers around. And I remember, uh, one of the finals was like, uh, I, th- oh man, I'm going to butcher this, but it was like <laughs> Joe, maybe Samoa Joe. AJ and Brian Danielson in the finals, maybe uh, like in a three way. I don't know. I could be wrong, but yeah. that's the thing too. Is like there's so many good matches and so many good things where it's all that all kind of just blends together. But that's where I saw live everybody. I saw I saw all those guys live for the first time, and it was something else. Wow, yeah. I got to see Samoa Joe, but it was already, he was already with TNA, and um, I had already I had watched a couple of matches, obviously with TNA, but then I saw some Ring of Honor DVDs because a, a buddy of mine would always get them online. He's like, "You can't find these anywhere. You got to watch this. Is the pure the pure title match is really good with this person and this person." And you're like, and he was talking about Claudio Castagnoli. He's like, "This guy's really good. This guy should be in WWE, and he didn't get in because of this, this." So you already knew all the dirt sheets and everything like that. So I was like, "Okay, you know what? I'll, I'll start watching some of this stuff." And Lo and behold, I mean, I mean, most of these guys are all on with WWE now, but it's just like, man, you you appreciate the art, I guess, then because at that certain time we were, you know, if you're watching WWE, you were getting, you know, forced mouths, you know, John Cena Edge for like six months at a time. Yeah, that was that was definitely a time where WWE was a little more uh, challenging to watch, and the the you know, it was a lot of, you know, like you said, there was that, you know, a lot of orton and cena and batista and you know there was just kind of there was some good stuff in there but there was just a lot of a lot of that stuff i don't i don't miss too much i don't miss seeing you know la resistance and uh things like that highlanders oh yeah a lot of those just teams where it was like those ovw guys or it's like yeah or the spirit squad or just and it's like i'm sure a lot of those guys were great wrestlers this that but just the way they were packaged and brought up and everything or like you know the, it was just not not my cup of tea. Right. Do you think that WWE could get away with having crime time now, like the way they did 10, 11 years ago? 
I mean, they don't seem to care yeah. what people think as far as like, whoa. Yeah. I think uh, social media, though, might have a little more to say about it yeah, yeah. than it did back then or whatever. It's Yeah, it's interesting. But like, you know, there's still there's still so many things where it's just like, oh, guys, we do that. But I mean, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. I think like the way they're doing LAX in mm-hmm. uh, in TNA is, yeah. is or in whatever global yeah. uh, global forces, uh, the right way to do it. But then also, I mean, like, WB, you know, we say that about crime time, but, like, look at how they have foreigners in there. It's like, if you're not from America or Canada, you're evil. Yeah, it's true. You know, or, or England or whatever. So it's like, if you're from anywhere where they don't speak English, I'll say that. You're you're bad. You're a bad <laughs> foreigner. You're evil. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, man, it's because Sarah, my, my podcast partner, right. she's you know, still somewhat new to wrestling in mm-hmm. some ways. And I was, I kind of will explain to her, like, yeah, this was like when I was a little kid, it was like, oh, the evil foreigner. I mean, like Ludwig Borgo was from like Finland and he was evil. It's like, oh, I didn't know they're evil in Finland. Yeah. You know, it's like they're not. He's just from another country and they needed to have, you know, bad guys for the patriotic Americans to be. <laughs> and it's kind of weird because now they're more a global company than they ever were. Right. Yet if you watched back or, uh, uh, Battleground, it was like America versus the world. And it was kind of a, a weird show in that sense. What, what did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you tell her about the tag teams, uh, Ding and Dong, or the Ding Dongs, or whatever? I did not tell her about the Ding Dongs yet, but I, I mean, I was, I was, she was kind of like laughing about how whenever they would show Jinder, yeah. they would do those pro, those vignette packages. They would play that like, almost like I call it like the Team America terrorist music. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, if you think this is something, you know, you got to see some of this Muhammad Hassan stuff, and then I'll show her that, and she'll just be like, whoa, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, have, uh, to find to make maybe a far, find more amusement. Have you showed her like the uh, the Razor Ramon vignettes? Those were gold. Oh yeah, for sure. Or like <laughs> you know, just this this idea of anybody who's yeah, anybody foreign was was a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess uh, well, moving on. Uh, um, I'm I'm all over the place, man. I'm sorry. I'm just wondering. no worries. Yeah, man. So, do you remember? Was there any feud? In wrestling, I guess when you were growing up as a kid, obviously, because when you reached a certain age, you kind of figured out it was fake or this part's oh, that's scripted or this and that. Um, the part like when you were watching a story is it was like a show storyline as a kid. Did any of it like freak you out to the point where you're like, oh, man, what really happened? Or is that real? Or like, oh, my gosh, this person's dead or that. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I remember watching with non-wrestling fans okay. and we like when we watched uh uh, was the bash at the beach where Russo and Hogan and all that had that. Oh, and I remember my friends being like, is this part of the show? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. I was blown away by that. But I remember the most, the one I remember kind of the most is there was a world-class match mm-hmm. and they just started it. And then like one of the referees came out and they're like, I'm sorry, but we have to cancel this match. Like Bruiser Brody and Terry Gordy are, are fighting backstage and we got to start the match right now. And I remember seeing that as a kid and being like, well, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'd always like recreate that with my wrestling figures. And I thought to me that was like that just jumped out like, oh, this is these guys are starting to fight backstage. They can't wait for the match. You know, things like that, really. Or like when the Road Warriors took out Dusty's eye on Saturday night, I was yeah. like or tried to take his eye out on Saturday night. I was like. Oh man, does that to me felt like I was like I don't even know I should be watching this. This is so bad. <laughs> yeah, there was I think for me I don't know if you remember this, but well they had the feud, but they never had the match. It was it was well it was built up between Ultimate Warrior Undertaker and Jake, 
And, oh yeah, and the Undertaker like locked him in the casket on on the Brother yep. Love show, and I thought he was like dead. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then and I was watching the Pick Your Poison uh, DVD because I have that, and man, that's I'd rather watch the Resurrection of Jake the Snake versus that one because that one is really really sad. Yeah, but they were going they were going back, and and Jake was talking about that feud, but those. Those were dark, I guess, for the time, considering that oh, w- sure. WWE was very cartoony back then. Jake smacked Elizabeth, yeah. <laughs> yeah he did. It was crazy. <laughs> and then he put the, the freaking Cobra on, on on Macho Man and it wouldn't come off. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, that freaked me out. And then when Earthquake supposedly broke Hogan's ribs or whatever, that was like, I was like eight years old when that happened. And I'm just like, Oh man, I got to write Hulk Hogan to get well note and things like that. And no man, he's dead or something. But little did I know they were writing him off TV so he could do suburban commando or whatever it was that he was doing. Yeah. It was always, it was, there was always that thing of being like, all right, I know, I know wrestling is predetermined, but I don't know about that part. That was always the like, that was like the next level of wrestling when you're like, I know what happens here, but then there'd be those moments where you're like, but I don't know about that. And that was, I think like a great way to catch when you got wrestling fans doubting, that's when you've like hit a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Case in point. I was, I was, uh, do you remember when Vince was doing those, uh, giveaways where he was giving away money on, on raw, like every week, you remember that? The fans millions. Yes. So they did a raw here in San Antonio and I went with a friend and it was during that part where, like, it was a draft night as well. It's when Triple H went to SmackDown. I remember that's that's the only reason why I can really remember it very well because he never went to SmackDown. It was like the first time. But anyway, the, the the Raw stage and everything collapsed, and you're like, "Oh crap, what happened?" And every, um, you know, Triple H is like running to him and everything like that. And we're like, "Wow!" And you're there at the show, and you're like, "Is this uh, is this, is this real or what the heck's going on?" You know? Yeah. And then I had a friend like text me, "Hey." WWE came out on CNN. I'm like, oh crap! So I guess it it is real. It, did this really happen? And then he's like, five minutes later, no, nah, I'm just kidding. That that was a joke. <laughs> I was like, damn it, you got me. That was... because Triple yeah. H reacted, and it looked like he was breaking character. And I was like, okay, this he's not supposed to acknowledge that Vince is his dad or father in law. Mm-hmm. It was around that time he still wasn't doing it. But yeah, yeah, it, it they almost uh, trick you a little bit, man. And it, I, but I'm I've always enjoyed the the show, and people are like. Well, why do you watch that? Or they criticize. I'm like, no, no, it's entertaining, man. You gotta like find the entertainment aspect of it. And 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 I like the way um, I think Cabana said it before, where he was like, you don't call Robert De Niro uh, the guy from the character he played in Cape Cape Fear. You don't call you know Anthony Hopkins Hannibal. I mean, those those are actors. They're acting. That's what they're doing. And you know, I find it's just entertaining. You know, absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, so favorite match of all time. Uh, Bret Hart and uh, Stone Cold from Mania 13. Were you there? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Dang, what was it like live? It was amazing. It felt like, oh, God, it was such a wild Mania. And, like, things were kind of changing in wrestling, too. And right. things were starting to get a little more gritty. Yeah. And uh, it was just a wild match. And, and they had Ken Shamrock as the referee. And yeah. it just felt like such a wild, wild time and a wild Mania. And uh, I just remember watching that match. And then Austin does a kind of audio commentary in his podcast that's definitely worth watching because you right. get little little Easter eggs that you didn't know happen and stuff. Right. And uh, it's to me, it's just a work of art of storytelling, and the match was great and kind of encapsulates that time of in wrestling. And to me, it's just like a just a masterful match. 
Yeah, and that was storytelling and and in ring action. Yeah, and then that's where you saw like they kind of switched places, right? They did a double turn. It was amazing. Yeah, man, and uh, and that was the same match where Brett came out and like started talking shit to Sean, right? Uh, before the well, match that was Sid? no. Brett came back out later. Yeah, yeah, and and uh and hit, hit sid power by like it was a whole thing and this was when yeah brett was starting to kind of be the do the crybaby thing and yeah it was it was a wild time yeah yeah that was a, that was a good match i that's yeah that's got to be one of my favorites and is that the all time is that your favorite match i think so but i mean i think like clearly like the okada and omega matches have been have been super awesome and stuff but mm-hmm. like to me, though, it's just it's that's those are great matches, but this is just like it's got a great match, but and the stories in there and sort of the relevance and I was there and everything. It'll just kind of always that's one when I'll be an old man and I'll put that on and I'll be like, oh <laughs> shit, this was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's good stuff, man. Um, I guess uh, I, I mean I think we covered everything, man. I think that, that's enough to talk about. All right, I, I think. I mean, unless you want to. Talk about some more stuff. I don't know. I'm I'm good if you're good. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we're good. I think we're awesome. Good. Yeah, man. Um, tell everybody about all your shows and where they can find you and stuff, man. Uh yeah. Uh, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling is the podcast. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. We're part of the uh, MLW Radio Network, and uh, we got uh, we got shirts up at prowrestlingtees.com slash Marty and Sarah Sarah with an H. And uh, I also have another podcast called Wrestling with Depression, which is uh, focused on mental mental illness awareness. So please check out uh, either or podcast, and that would be wonderful. Yeah, and buy buy one of those shirts. I actually am rocking my Wrestling with Depression shirt right now. Hey, right on. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, Marty, I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time and just talking, geeking out when wrestling. Hey, it's my favorite thing to do, so my pleasure. All right, Marty, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was great to talk to you. Again, guys, if you have time, check out his podcast. Check out all the stuff that he's doing. If you're in the Chicago and Indiana area, go check out some of the stuff he's got going on. He's doing some live shows with Cole Cabana, and they do some amazing comedy, as he talked about in the podcast. Also, follow him on Twitter at Marty DeRosa, and you can check out, again, check out all his stuff. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He's a great comedian. Anyway, thank you for being on the show, Marty. And thank you all for listening to the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Roel Santos Jr. You can follow me on Facebook. If you want to be friends, we can do that there. And check out all the stuff that Heel Face Wrestling's got going on. You can check out my podcast. You can check out what Jeff has got going on out there. Him and Rudy and Jason are always staying involved with all those shows. They always talk about all the independent shows. And they do some live broadcasts with those shows. Which, by the way, I am going to go to one of those and have a fun talk with, those bo- with my boys. I got to get with Rudy. He has something of mine. (laughs) Anyway, guys, you've been listening to Running the Ropes podcast, and stay tuned while we work on that rest hole.